welcome to the Get to the Point podcast, a podcast for busy women who want to have real conversations about fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle, but without rambling or wasting time. Let's get to the point. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 31 of the Get to the Point podcast. This is your host, Leslie Ann. Before we get into today's episode, I got to start off with a huge apology because I know it has been a really long delay since the last podcast episode and I've gotten a lot of messages from you guys you know, asking if the podcast was just not happening anymore. Do we shut it down? Is it not coming back. And I'm happy to tell you that none of that is true. It has just been a matter of time and energy. Um, Fat Loss Lifestyle School has been just firing on all cylinders this year. Uh, Really since March, I would say we had, you know, kind of a slow start due to some website issues back in January. But then once the, the COVID lockdown situation happened in March, People started reaching out. People wanted help with their nutrition, with their fitness, and we've just been trying to keep up with demand ever since. We've had, um, we've run more programs than ever. We've had some of our biggest programs ever. We've created new programs. So that's where I've been. Uh, we've just been running back to back to back for the last couple of months and just haven't had the time, the energy to even sit down and think about like, what the heck would I even do a podcast episode on? I just need to sit down and catch up on all these other 50 million things. So Thankfully, things are starting to slow down a little as we head into the holidays. Uh, We are finishing our last Fat Loss Lifestyle School Level 1 of 2020. This month in October, we've got two more weeks left. That's starting to wind down, and you should be hearing a lot more from me here on the podcast now that uh, we have a little more breathing room. So today's episode is all about emotional eating, which is a phrase, a term that I feel like has been following me around for months. And I think this is also tied into the fact that it's 2020 and this is like the most crazy, insane year that no one could have ever predicted. It's just that crazy. Like just when you think you've seen it all, something crazier happens. So I think that's why this term emotional eating is landing in my inbox on a daily basis from so many women. It's because you guys are are struggling out there. There's a lot to process right now. There's a lot going on in the world. We are we are definitely feeling all the feels and they're not very good, right? It's stress and anxiety and loneliness and fear is a big one. So for a lot of people, especially when being confined to your house, um, whether you are now still kind of in that lockdown mode, whether your state has opened back up or not, um, you might still be really dealing with this issue of emotional eating. So I want to dedicate an entire episode of the podcast to it. And I think this episode will give you hope. (laughs) That's my hope, at least. That's why I'm doing it, is because I don't see a lot of answers out there for this problem that speak to um, the kind of women that we work with who want solutions, who don't just want to be told that's the way it is and you just have to deal with it. Um, and, And unfortunately, I think that's what a lot of people think when it comes to this label that they've assigned themselves. I'm an emotional eater, right? If you say that about yourself, it's like you, you believe it. It's part of your identity. You think it's who you are. It's maybe what you've been doing for such a long time that you're like, yep, that's just what I do now. That's who I am. I get stressed. I eat. I get lonely. I eat. I get scared. I eat or drink as the case may be. Um, so, you know, you've really just taken this on and you, 
you think it's just like this deeply embedded part of who you are and you can't fix it and you can't change it. And I'm here to tell you, girlfriend, that that is not true. Now, I'm not saying there aren't situations out there where um, emotional eating might be like a precursor to an eating disorder, or it might be like, a, a, you know, a symptom of an eating disorder. And in those cases, you need to go talk to a licensed healthcare professional. If you believe that that's where you are and that it's really that big of a problem for you and it's causing, you know, social or occupational impairment, like it's becoming a real problem for your life, then you don't need to be listening to podcast episodes trying to get, trying to get help. I'm talking about the people who just are dealing with those everyday emotions and and turning to food to fix them. Okay. So just want to make that a very clear distinction because eating disorders are very, very real. Disordered eating is very, very real. And this is something that can kind of, it's like that weird gray area where it could be part of, or it could be leading to an eating disorder. But what I've been able to see and, and do in my years as a trainer and coach working with women on their fitness and their nutrition is that we've actually been able to fix this problem in a much easier way than people have ever expected. And it, it like it shocks them how quickly and easily they're able to resolve this problem. And they find out like, oh, I wasn't, I really wasn't crazy. Like I really, I really don't have like an eating disorder. There's nothing wrong with me. I was just doing this wrong. So that's what we're going to unpack in this episode. All right. The first thing I want to say though, is be careful <laughs> and be mindful of using these labels and these, I like making these things like emotional eating part of your identity, because this, this becomes very powerful and not in a good way. As soon as you start saying things like, I am an emotional eater, I am a stress eater, I am a sugar addict, I am a carb addict, that statement of I am, like that's, that's an identity. That's like something that's, that's part of your being. And if that was really true, then that would be unchangeable and that would suck. Like what if there was no solution and that's just who you are? That's not the case, though. You you really aren't these things. You're using those labels and you're giving them a whole lot of power. But all of these things can be resolved. They can all be changed. They can all be fixed. You just have to get better strategies and skills to do that, which is part of what we're going to get into. But I just wanted to kind of blanket statement, like just be really careful about the words you use to describe yourself because they have power and they have weight. And your beliefs impact your thoughts and your thoughts impact your actions. And these become self-fulfilling prophecies. If you are walking around every day saying, I'm a stress eater, I'm an emotional eater, I'm a carb addict, what are you going to do? When you get stressed, you're going to eat. When you see carbs, you're going to eat them. When you see sugar, you're going to eat them. Because that's just, well, that's who I am and that's what I do. It's like a one of those Geico commercials, like, that's just what you do, <laughs> right? So I really want to challenge you to stop using the phrase I am and attaching these really negative labels to yourself and wearing them like they're part of your identity. Absolutely not. You can take these off and change them and get rid of them much easier than you think you can. So let's talk about some strategies that people use to tackle emotional eating that do not work, that backfire. Maybe that you've tried before and you're like, well, I've, I've tried to fix the emotional eating and I can't. So maybe it's true. Maybe I just am that and I can't change it. I think the most popular one that we all try to use is willpower, right? I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to be really good. Nope, not this time. When I have a hard day at work, I am not going to come home and order pizza. I'm, 
I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't really have a plan, but I'm just, I'm not going to do that. Well, <laughs> since stress is a drain on our battery, on our willpower, that's a, that's a really big gamble to make, right? To just say that the next time you get stressed, you're just not going to give in and not eat the food um, and just rely on willpower, which is something that the stress of the day has been slowly pulling from. You know, you've been using your willpower, you've been using that battery all day long to navigate this stressful situation so that by the time you get home at the end of the day and you're having to make that decision with yourself about whether you're going to engage in this binge eating or this emotional eating episode, you've got nothing left. There's very little chance that you are going to be able to consistently summon up enough willpower to just not not do it, just not overeat, just not dig into the sugar, the carbs, the pizza, the whatever, okay? So willpower does not work. It doesn't work for really, I mean, a lot of things. We talk about that a lot in Fat Loss Lifestyle School, but it really doesn't work for resolving emotional eating. So if that's all you've ever tried before and it doesn't work, that doesn't mean you can't fix this. It's just a really sucky strategy. Like, I don't know really what willpower works for. I'm just, I I got no use for it. So number two, the second strategy you may have tried is treating the symptom, not the underlying problem. And this is especially true of situations like um, the so-called addiction to sugar or the addiction to carbohydrates, or maybe you think you just, you eat poorly, like you're addicted to junk food. So what do we do? Well, we think a diet is the answer. We think a sugar detox is the answer. You know, if I'm addicted to carbs, well, I just need to do the keto diet and stop eating carbs. That will fix me. Um, If I'm addicted to, you know, all these processed junky foods and sugar, well, I'll just do a whole 30. That'll fix me because then I won't be able to eat those things. Yeah, that'll do it. And so we try to attack this problem of emotional eating by getting even more restrictive, more strict and harder with our, like making life harder on ourselves by doing these incredibly demanding, um, you know, very um, time consuming projects, like, you know, doing Whole30 where you have to cook everything from scratch or, you know, make sure there's no sugar, there's no grain, there's no soy, there's no dairy, there's no whatever, you know, really, really, it's like a full-time job almost to do some of these programs. And, you know, you think that's going to fix you and all it really does is add more crap to your plate. It's just going to stress you out more. And you're not really learning how to address the underlying issue. You're, you're addressing a symptom. What you have to understand is these, these so-called like addictions that we all think we have, like I'm addicted to sugar, I'm addicted to carbs, I'm addicted to really delicious food. I mean, not, not really. What you are is human. And you have to understand that humans are hardwired. Like this is wired into us, you guys, for survival. It's how we've existed on the planet for as long as we have. We are hardwired to seek and eat highly palatable, high calorie foods. Because if you look at this, you know, the way that our ancestors did when food was not as abundant, when food was much more scarce and you had to work much harder to acquire it, it it could be the matter of you surviving or not you know, whether you overate what was in front of you right now, because that might be the last meal that you were going to get for a few days or longer. So you didn't, you didn't ask questions. You, you ate it all right now because scarcity and survival was more important, but we're not in that situation anymore. We got food everywhere. We got too much food and we got too much of the wrong kinds of food. So 
you know, putting yourself in these scenarios where you think you're just going to outsmart the emotional eating, the stress eating, the sugar addiction by just cutting it out is really kind of a different version of using willpower. Like I'm just, I'm just going to try harder and, and that will work. And really, you know, doing so in a way that works against your, your natural human biology and physiology and like how you're wired. Okay. And this is especially true of women. And I mean, that's primarily who's listening to this podcast. So I am going to talk a little bit here specifically to you ladies um, who deal with these issues of overeating, emotional eating, et cetera, sugar, carbs, whatever. Um, Understand that for a lot of us, we've got like these two things going on, right? Like we really want to lose weight. We really want to have this like ideal perfect body that we see on Instagram. So we think the way that we get there is by eating as little as possible by, you know, not eating this giant list of foods and by being, you know, really restrictive, really hard on ourselves, running ourselves into the ground, under eating, usually in combination with over exercising. And you're, you have to understand that again, that is working against your female physiology. Our bodies are smart. Our female bodies are very smart. And girls, we have a really strong built-in survival instinct because we are the childbearing sex. And our bodies are are working to protect us and, you know, keep us in a state where we could um, create and sustain another human life, right? Because that's, you know, that's required for the survival of the human race. So this is built into our bodies. And when we do these, these tactics, like, you know, crazy restrictive dieting, like eating, you know, 1200 calories a day or less, or, you know, fasting for, you know, an entire day and exercising on top of that. And then you wonder why you binge eat and you wonder why you can't keep your face out of the cookies and the ice cream and the pizza and you eat it all. It's because you are starving your body of the nutrients that it needs and your body is smarter than you and it is stronger than you. And it's going to do whatever it has to do to get what it needs to keep you alive. If that means breaking your diet and getting you to, you know, plow face first into this giant table full of highly palatable, high calorie foods, it's going to do it. Because survival matters more to your body than you, you know, meeting your weight loss goal. It it really does. You've got to understand that these strategies that so many women are using to lose weight, they're the very reason you are struggling so much with being, quote unquote, addicted to sugar and carbs and overeating and binge eating, etc. All right. Overly restrictive eating and, you know, these crazy diets are a known trigger of binge eating and, and, you know, emotional eating. So understand that there's, there's a relationship here. And if you're doing the restriction and the under eating and the over exercising, and you're not getting your body what it needs, and you're living on coffee all day and skipping meals and calling it fasting and not eating carbs, and then losing control around these items you're not allowed to have. That's why. (laughs) So Stop the binges and the loss of control and the overdoing it. You have to stop the restriction and the under eating and the over exercising. Exercise is a double edged sword, it can cut for us or against us. 
And we have to be really careful about this when we're in, you know, fat loss mode or weight loss mode, and we're already reducing our calorie intake. And then we go and do multiple hour long, intense workouts, intense group exercise classes each week. Exercise in in the short term can have a, a suppressing effect on appetite. And that's great, but that usually dies out around an hour later and then it kicks in and you want to eat all of the things. I used to feel this all the time back when I was teaching a bunch of group exercise classes. Um, I mean, there would be days where it was just like, do I have a hole in my stomach? Like, is my food even staying? Like, where is it going? Do I have a hollow leg? I can't get full. But it was because I was doing so much intense exercise so many days a week and not eating enough and not allowing my body to recover and not sleeping enough and having high cortisol, all those things working together that, you know, when it did get into a situation where I was presented with really yummy, delicious food, it was really common for me to overeat it because I, I needed I needed the calories because I was just like crazy hungry and not eating enough. All right. I didn't need those calories. I needed better quality food and more nourishing food on the front end. But, you know, it's kind of like your body's making up for it because if you short it on the front end, it's going to make up for it on the back end. And that's where you get into these scenarios where you overeat and eat too much and, and feel terrible about it, even though, I mean, really, your body's just trying to get what it needs. So ladies, we've got to stop this. <laughs> You need to understand that you can lose weight, you can lose body fat, you can change the shape of your body without starving yourself, without doing hours and hours and hours of intense exercise each week, without under eating and restricting all these food groups. It just isn't necessary and it's causing the problem. All right. The last thing I want to talk about is what actually works. So we've talked about things that don't work. We've talked about using willpower, how that doesn't work. We've talked about how treating the symptom, not the underlying cause doesn't work. You know, treating the sugar addiction or the carb addiction or, you know, doing a detox or a whole 30 or going keto or, you know, doing more exercise to try to burn it off or whatever. That is just going to keep you stuck in the cycle because you're not addressing the underlying cause. So the actual solution here, the one that we've found works so, so well for the women we work with is to address the big picture problems here and to um, fix the overall nutrition and lifestyle and also understand that these things are patterns. There's a really amazing book that I am forever telling my clients about called The Habit Loop. I'm not The Habit Loop. Um, the Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. He has this model in the book that he talks about called The Habit Loop. And it's it helps us understand how humans create and change patterns of behavior. And this is all based on like tons of amazing research that they did at MIT. And it's it's really, really a really well done, fascinating book. And it's it's evidence-based and it's science-based. And it's not just some like gobbledygook self-help book based on like feelings and let's talk about your problems. No, it's none of that. It's like, here's what happens. Here's how our brain works. Here's how your body forms habits. And here's how you can change your habits. And that, that is, that is all this is. When you get in these situations where you have a hard day at work and you come home and you want to um, treat yourself, you want to sit on the couch and 
numb out with some Netflix and some ice cream, you're creating a, a pattern. You're creating a habit loop in your brain and you're teaching your body to associate coming home at the end of a stressful day with, you know, maybe the kids going to bed, the house being quiet with now what I do, my routine is I turn on Netflix, I get ice cream and my reward is I get to sit on the couch and numb out and not feel or think about anything that happened today and just taste the ice cream, watch the Netflix, okay? That's what you have to understand is that we've trained ourselves, trained ourselves to, to do these things over and over again because our brains really like, like I said earlier, they really like highly palatable foods, high calorie foods, typically foods that combine large amounts of starch and large amounts of fat together. That's an especially powerful combination. And when your body gets that hit, that hit of sugar, that hit of, of dopamine, it, it cements the pattern and it becomes really hard to break, but you can still break it. All right. And this book goes into how to do that. So that's, that's like one part of the, the solution is to understand that this is just a loop that you've trained yourself to do and you can untrain yourself as well. It's really cool. I've done it for lots of different habits that I have, bad habits I've had that I've broken. We've helped clients learn how to do this. And it's really just all from reading this book. So check it out. The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Last name is spelled like D-U-H-I-G-G, I think. Really cool book. The second thing is to fix the overall lifestyle, and that includes the nutrition and the workouts and the stress and the sleep. So this is what we go after in Fat Loss Lifestyle School. These women come in the door, well, not an actual door because it's online. <laughs> they come in the virtual door telling us like, I'm an emotional eater. I'm a stress eater. I'm addicted to sugar. I can't stop. Um, you know, I can't seem to lose weight because I have such strong cravings. And I kid you not, by the end of week one, by the end of week two, it's like they're different people. We we fixed it. And you know what? Not once did we talk about doing a sugar detox. In fact, we tell them at the end of week one, we want you to go have a weekly treat. We want you to make room in your lifestyle for something that you really love and enjoy. And we want you to go have that intentionally. We want you to go have it and enjoy it. And then just go back to business as usual. All right? So we're not only are we not telling them to avoid sugar or avoid carbs or avoid processed food or avoid delicious foods, like no pizza allowed ever. Again, we're telling them to go have the thing and they do. So that's the first thing. The second thing we do is we focus on fixing their overall nutrition, getting enough nutrient dense foods in their bodies so that they have real energy and they are full and satisfied do the things that they need to do each day, whether it is being a mom, raising your kids, running around with your kids and after your kids all day long, whether it's going into an office, whether it's, um, you know, maybe you're a fitness professional, you're in a gym all day, teaching classes, training clients, whatever. Um, we work with women across the spectrum in all stages of life from all walks of life. And one thing that they tell us over and over again is that after they start making these changes that they learn in fat loss lifestyle school, they make these changes to their nutrition and they no longer need to hop themselves up on caffeine and energy drinks just to get through the day anymore. Like they forget to finish their coffee because they just don't need it anymore. 
they no longer have to go to the coffee shop in the afternoon for that pastry and coffee to get them through the end of the day because they're putting in the right food. They're putting in more of the right food. And it, the problem just takes care of itself. No willpower involved. And this is something I just said recently on social media, but it's because your body has your back. If you treat it right, it treats you well in return. It does what you want it to and what you need it to. It performs. So understanding that there's a bigger underlying problem here, the, the sugar addiction, the carb addiction, the, the emotional eating label, whatever, these are all just symptoms of bigger dysfunctions that are happening in your overall lifestyle with how you eat, with how you move or don't move. You know, maybe you're very sedentary. You don't do anything all day. You just sit at a desk. Um, or maybe you over-exercise. You put yourself so, you know, so much into working out that it then becomes a stressor on the body and it's elevating cortisol and, and you know, making your body, again, work against you. Um, you know, you, you're not sleeping. You're not managing stress. So those are the pieces that we address. We address the food. We address the movement and the, and the workouts. We address the sleep and the stress. Those are like the four big rocks, the four big, um, big factors of lifestyle that are going to impact how you, how you are, how you behave in these situations where you get stressed or you get scared or um, you are, are craving sugar or whatever it is. All these problems that we have with food, a lot of them can be resolved by digging down to what's really going on and looking for those big lifestyle changes, not just, you know, kind of working around the edges and doing these kind of surface level band-aid approaches like detoxes and drinking shakes and cutting out carbs and doing the keto diet and whatever, whatever. That does that isn't addressing the underlying problem. You have to learn how to set your lifestyle up in such a way that your body's going to start performing for you. And it's not as hard as you think. It doesn't take as much time as you think. It just takes the commitment to learn. And once you do that, once you invest that time in the front end and it just becomes a new habit because we're capable of learning new habits, then a lot of this stuff just takes care of itself. And that's the amazing thing and why I don't think that emotional eating is the problem that most people think it is because it's not the problem. It's a symptom. It's a red flag that you've got something bigger going on. You're not eating right. You're not moving your body. You are not managing stress. You're not sleeping. All right. When those things are out of whack, you can expect that you will have trouble and you will have more of it more often with food, with overeating with numbing out using food and al and alcohol too in the wrong way. So I hope this episode is challenging you to think a little bit differently about these labels you give yourself and challenging you to get to the heart of what's really going on and stop looking for these little little, you know, dabbling quick fixes or worse than that just acting like it's it's a given. It's a foregone conclusion. This is just who you are and you can't change it. That's not true. We see women change this every single day, the women that we work with. And we're not, we're not doing anything other than teaching them the principles of living a fat loss lifestyle. When those things are in place, all these other things start to take care of themselves. Let me know what you think about this episode. I would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to me on Instagram. You can email me at lesslieann at fatlosslifestyleschool.com. 
I would love to know what you think about this episode. And hey, if it was valuable to you, if it made you think and you appreciated it, I would love if you could share it on social media, let your friends know, tell them about this episode and tell them to listen in as well. Thank you so much for listening. And I promise I will see you guys. Well, I will hear you guys. I will talk to you guys here on the podcast soon. I will not wait another month or two before recording a new episode. Promise. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you loved it. Before you go, I want to invite you to come over and join our new group on Facebook called Fat Loss Lifestyle Insiders. This is not your average Facebook group for women. We're not going to be sharing recipes, random workouts, and motivational quotes because I'm pretty sure you have plenty of that in your life. Instead, we're having higher level conversations about how we train, how we fuel our bodies, and why we're doing this whole lifestyle change thing to begin with. Jump over to Facebook, search Fat Loss Lifestyle insiders in the search bar request to join and I will see you there.